0: All right. And we're live. Hey, everybody. It's Angela Humphreys with Liberty on the Loose. And today is a couple of days after Thanksgiving 2021. And I have Michelle Antoine here to share a little bit about some of the research and digging that she's been doing. Michelle, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you for sharing. And tell us a little bit about yourself to get us started. Hi, Angela.
1: Thanks so much for having me today. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I
0: hope yeah. everyone else
1: there had a good Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah, so my background is I have uh, two undergraduate degrees. I was uh, formerly licensed to teach um, K through 12 in California and one through nine in the state of Wisconsin. Um, And I have a graduate degree from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in vocational counseling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so I and I did do substitute teaching. I never held down my own classroom. But while I was in graduate school, I did substitute teaching a couple different districts, um, some rural areas in Wisconsin, and also the um, large, second largest or the largest school district in the United States, which is the Los Angeles Unified School District. So I have some experience inside of a classroom, um, and that's kind of my educational background. So I when I finished my graduate work, I did forensic legal work. Um, so I did psychometric testing, mostly with adults, some children, and um, did a lot of document diving. There goes one of my kids. And <laughs> we did a lot of document diving. So I would get all the legal documents for legal cases and I would have to go through and um, look through everything and pull out what we needed. A lot of medical type of work that we had to go through, all the medical stuff. So um, I'm my whole background in terms of graduate work was basically research. I was very much a researcher into testing and data. So, okay. um, And I didn't know that I was going to do that again as I moved into, you know, my later adult life with my children. So I have eight children. My husband and I have been married for 22 years. Did you say eight? uh, Yeah, we have eight children. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've been in the public schools um, with my children in terms of going when I count up all the years for each child over 42 years of, of experience inside schools with my kids, leading them through to different grades. My oldest child is a girl and she graduated out of Corinth Holders High School in 2018 here in Johnston County. And we live in Johnson County. We live outside of Clayton and Archer's Lodge area. And um, so I started noticing something wasn't quite right. We moved to the area in 2017. Um, we moved here because the schools were, were rated highly. It was a good area. It was still rural, which we wanted. We didn't want to be necessarily in the city. Um, but we wanted easy access to Raleigh. And um, by the time my daughter had graduated, there they go again.
0: More <laughs> um, kids walking by in the background. Gonna, it's going to happen. <laughs> eight
1: kids happen. Uh, so we, you know, I started in 2018, started noticing there there was things that were not right inside of our school. Something was way off and um, just kind of kept an eye on it by tw- by the time 2019 came around. I noticed my kids just were not learning anything. My elementary school children, for sure, were not learning anything inside their school, and so I was having to do tutoring on the side just to keep them up to to you know speed um, with what they needed to know. And <clears throat> then COVID hit, and I think we all kind of were then faced with the real reality of what was happening inside schools, and they shut down the last two three months of school and really no learning actually happened. I, I, it was just, nothing was happening that was of any significance. Um, but it had kind of exposed me to everything I had thought was going on, was going on. So, uh, I started researching and digging in and trying to figure out what was happening inside our schools, what, why it was happening. Um, in 2019, July of 2019 in Johnston County, they formulated a department of equity and they had a, a, a you know, chairperson a chair lady that was directing that office. And so, you know, I kind of looked through that and that led me, and then they went through this wellness audit and they moved our uh, guidance department under the equity department. And so that was like a real eye opening moment. Like why would they move guidance and counseling and nursing under equity? And so I started looking down into that the the social emotional learning and the guidance department and I came upon a graphic on Twitter so if you don't know to uh, where to look you are like you know how do I find this stuff and how does she find, how does Michelle Lynch find this stuff Twitter is a tool that we all need to be very familiar with. Look, watch those Twitter feeds like crazy. You can find out so much about the teachers. You can find out about the different departments. You can find out what's happening. They use Twitter as a tool to communicate between themselves. So you need to be looking
0: at, and you don't have to have an account.
1: You can just go in there and
0: and um, scroll through different- And that's just the, the equity, uh, whatever the equity arm of the school is. Uh, it ha- they have various names for them. I feel like the name morphs a little bit as the years go by. So you- Joe Co's is what? They have it was, Twitter it handled? was,
1: right. The, 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 it was just Department of Equity. Okay.
0: That was it. It was very
1: straightforward. Um, so I went to Twitter and I found a graphic inside of Twitter for our guidance department and inside that graphic were lots of different little names like restorative justice restorative circles uh you know calming corners character strong all these things but and i kind of heard of a lot of them but i had never heard of this one that was in there it was called panorama and i hmm, what's panorama never seen that before And this was back in the spring of this year, spring of this year. So, uh, so I started digging and trying to figure out what panorama was and boy, did I find out what panorama was. So in May of this year, May of 2021, I published an article in the Johnston County report um, about the findings of what I had found, what was happening with panorama education and panorama surveys. And that was kind of the start of it for me.
0: So... What graphics did you see other than see coming across panorama? Ed, did you see the purple unicorn? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's something different. I did come across that in a training. Um, a I forget training. what
0: training. I mean, it all blurs together for me on my end because um, I I try to stay away from that kind of stuff and let other people deal with the the volatile curriculum, training, teaching, surveying. Um, like, sur- I, I did see surveys came home a few years ago that were really questionable and violated students. Um, I think their privacy rights to ask about parents' political party affiliation and such, um, yeah. religion. But that's a whole other rabbit hole. Sorry. Right. So, and it's and it is it
1: is confusing because there are so many different surveys out there. Um, <clears throat> um, the CDC puts out a, a youth risk survey, which is really like out there talks about all different kinds of, you know, guns inside your homes and sexual permits, you know, sexual, all kinds of stuff like that. And um, that's not what panorama is. So we need to be specific when we talk about surveys, because I see a lot of um, uh, people conflating the different surveys, and they're not all Mm -hmm. the same. Um, So Panorama Survey serves a very distinct purpose inside schools. And um, so understanding what it is, is really helpful to parents. Uh, uh, So we can start from the beginning of who started it, right? So there's uh, a guy named Aaron Feuer, and he was a high school student in Los Angeles at LA Unified. Um, And he thought that that he should have feedback to the schools about how he felt about the way schools were educating kids and how he felt about it. And, you know, that sentiment is good, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. about, you know, he's a consumer of the product, the public education is selling and to have a tool to give feedback on how well they're doing. I have no problem with that. Um, and he soon realized and he got some legislation passed in California as a high school student to, to require surveys at schools to for students. And um, but he soon found out that no one was following his legislative action because it was paper and pencil tests. So he realized he was going to have to come up with something different. So he went off to college and thinking went to Harvard or one of the, the Ivy League schools and kept this in his mind, this survey tool, and he figured out, you know, we have to make this um, a technology-based platform to make this actually work. And so he and two of his roommates, one was Zan Tanner, who we've heard a lot about because that was the whole, um, he's the son-in-law to the, right, to the, um,
0: um, what's him? He the the guy that calls the parents domestic terrorists. Yes,
1: yeah, that guy. <laughs> him. He's the son-in-law of, of him, Zan Tanner and David Corral, Secretary of
0: him. Education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But I'm blanking on his name right He's now. The
1: Attorney General. Attorney General. Oh, Attorney General. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Merrick Garland.
0: He's Merrick Garland's son-in-law.
1: Yes. So Zan Tanner and, and David Corral were his two roommates. So together they formulated the these um, platforms, the technological platform to host their surveys. And they knew they needed money to, in order to kind of put this out. So they went to this startup com, uh, thing, it's called y, Gen, y Combinator, where you can go and get equity funding from capital partners. <clears throat> and um, they went up on another platform and they were at a conference a few months later after they first initiated their um, thing for funding and met Mark Zuckerberg. And Mark Zuckerberg wasn't, you know, initially you would think he'd be interested in the data that he could find off of these surveys, but he was more interested in the social change that he could bring with these surveys. So he was their first funder at $4 million, th- the first large funder. So Mark Zuckerberg was the first one. And since then, I think they have $34, $40 million in capital funding behind them between all the usuals, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates and the... Um, I saw you know, Afton Kutcher
0: Pardon? I think I saw Ashton Kutcher was an uh, initial donor. Also. Um, I didn't find that he was an initial donor,
1: but it wouldn't surprise me if he was early on that okay. platform. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, um, But then they come into the schools and there's money involved in the school system as well, right? Even though um, <clears throat> I recently showed you a records request that um, came back from Craven County schools where they, said, no, there's no financial benefit for us to use these surveys. So you're talking about, um, all their initial funding. So where does money come into the picture, um, from your perspective when they, when they're coming into your local school district? Um, like are your tax dollars at play here? Is that why you're perturbed about them also? Not just Uh, surveys?
1: Yes. Yes. So, um, There isn't a financial incentive for schools to use them, but there is a huge incentive for Panorama to sell to the schools. They are selling their software platform to the school district. So Johnston County on a records request that I did um, let me know, and I have the records for that as well, that for two years of service to put out these surveys to our students and to have access to a playbook, it's called and to um, daily surveys that they can do, check-in surveys, we are spending over $500,000 for two years of contracts. So it's $250,000 a year to have these surveys inside our schools. So it's very expensive. They're making a lot of money on each of these school districts that signs up. Um, And And we also know
0: that... Could could you identify their software if you saw, like, your kids... um working on school, like if there was another shutdown, for example, you know, the fear is such a powerful tool. And, um, you know, other we're seeing other countries talking about closing down, unfortunately, again. So if kids are back on devices, back in their homes, and um, have software in front of them, could mom and dad identify some of this software that's eventually sold? Because some systems, I think, are still piloting these programs, like uh, Panorama, I don't know if it's in all of NC public school districts, but it's in enough to stand out. It's in the, it's in big ones, right? Like Charlotte, yeah. Mac, Wake, uh, Johnston County. Um, I, I can't remember all the ones I saw in like the 2020, um, um, let's see, what do you call it? Like open records document I looked at earlier. Yeah.
1: It's, it is in all NC schools right oh, now. So man, mom, and, mom and Dad. Well, that's, <laughs> then that's a whole nother thing, but mom and dad, Um, usually get a notification from the school that the surveys are coming out and to make sure your children fill out the survey. So the schools want, aren't afraid of letting parents know that they have this survey out to them. The daily check-ins are something that mom and dad, um, you know, if they went remote might be able to see and say, "Hmm, that looks a little odd. You know, why, why is this teacher asking how my child feels today? And if they need to talk to another adult about their feelings. So Um, And those are simple. The check-ins are very simple. They're one or two questions. Uh, And yeah, it is in every single North Carolina public school district because Catherine Truitt um, with through her Polaris plan has uh, initiated a $3 million uh, spending spot to have um, a panorama survey at every school to try and, um, she believes that, that it will help with identifying students who had, um, you know, trouble through the pandemic and need extra um, resources, you know, psychologically, I guess, um, or special help. So there's a screener that was put out by the state of North Carolina DPI to every public school.
0: And uh, so so anybody listening who doesn't know who Katherine Trude is, the NC uh, Department of Public Instruction um I actually um having another brain fart. <laughs> What's her actual she's title? state
1: superintendent of schools? State superintendent. She, she's uh, the head state of the state. NCDPI, Department but, of Public
0: Instruction.
1: She yeah, runs and all, a lot of, she runs all public schools and charter schools in the state of North Carolina for all intents and purposes.
0: Well, yeah, so I would say she's like the administrator over the system. A lot of people um think she can fix these um district problems, which in some cases she probably can, right? Um, but in a lot of cases, it's going to fall on the local uh, district to fix some of these problems. Like, for example, yeah, we curriculum did come up in, in state board meetings, and they do drive uh, certain topics, right? But she's not going to be able to fix a problem in a day. Like, she's not going to be able to, uh, if you got kicked out by your local school board out of the board meeting, she can't fix every little issue we have. No. However, she is a registered Republican. Um, and then, you know, it It makes you wonder what does that actually mean in this day and age in public educa- in education, K through 12 education? Because not everybody is, um, I guess there's different shades of Republican, I guess I would say. So there's moderate, far right, um, and, and things like that. So you mentioned you sat down with her or had some sort of discussion. Can you tell right. us a little bit more right. about that? I am the education cha- chair
1: of a, <clears throat> a group that we formed in Johnson County called Citizen Advocates for Accountable Government. And um, back in June, um, she was nice enough and polite and very kind and allowed us a meeting with her and um, Jamie Falkenberry. And there was another uh, person present at the meeting. And you know, just to have a conversation with her on what she saw the future of education, in North Carolina, and some issues that we had with her on what her programming was and what, what we can do, what we can't do, just trying to get a headspace for where she's at, where we can support her. Because if there are good initiatives, like her, um, her initiative for reading and literacy is amazing. Mm-hmm. And she yes. just needs all the credit in the world for really coming up against a lot of headwinds to try and move that forward for all of North Carolina. And um, but then there are issues that we have real struggles with in terms of getting on board with her for our public schools. And, you know, panorama education is probably one of them.
0: And it speaks to a broader issue. So what else bothers you about this panorama? The sur- So what have you seen in the surveys? Or are you saying right, controversial? So, it's not- <clears throat> so panorama education itself, when you look at maybe you know,
1: a lot of the individual questions, it doesn't come out, you know, like looking like anything really nefarious or like a huge problem. But what they do is they take um, a constellation of questions. So they'll take three or four different questions and they'll take those answers and they run it through an analytics and they decide that they'll give each child a score based on their answers to that constellation of questions. And that score goes to different areas like um, social awareness, um, you know, things like that. So it's like these very vague um, counseling type terms. And my dog came in. (laughs) <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> creepy door open. <laughs> um, so
1: the problem, you know so then so then they score out students into these different areas and they and and this these scores then they use. I call it kind of social scoring. So, mm-hmm. so they're deciding, you know if your aptitude in social awareness is is good enough based on your answers to four questions. And then if your if the child's answers aren't where the school thinks it should be, they'll be flagged. And they'll be flagged for intervention. Intervention with social emotional learning counseling tools. And this is the part the parents don't aren't aware of. So the parents know they took the survey. The parents, however, don't see the, the data when it comes back. And it's for each individual child to be scored. And... So- Data managers, counselors, et cetera, have, pardon me, have access to see the scores, and then they use the scores to run interventions with these kids. And that's a a little, a bridge too far in my book. It's the parent's job to develop the character and moral, um, the morals of the child. It's not the school's. And sure, the, Supreme right. court has been, the Supreme Court has been very clear about that. And truly, yeah. this is an overstep. <clears throat> the survey itself is an overstep against pupils' rights, according to the Pupil Protection Rights Act, which is under the FERPA. And it's also a a, a definitely a step way too far against parents' rights to um, develop the moral character of their children when yeah, we have so school interventions based on
0: a survey. So I, I read a little bit about social scoring. Um, and then I don't, would you say, do you know anything about um, South Korea where you're kind of like born into the hierarchy and it could be to your disadvantage? So if your grandpa's grandpa's grandpa had, um, you know, just born into... Poor, being poor. Um, that's where you, that's where the next generation stay. So with this type of scoring um, thing, it could harm you as well. Like we're seeing with cancel culture, there's a variety of things that can harm people. Um, uh, I don't want to get into all the <laughs> varying things that are thrown at us in this day and age, but um you know, China's one example, I think, yeah. but I think a more that is extreme... what, that is what
1: I would equate this to is the Chinese system
0: of social scoring. But and... I would think of an extreme I would give an extreme example too, like, OK, you got this rated G, but it's not really rated G in China. I mean, uh, but anyway, people I mean, people talk about communism all the time, but I don't think um, people really understand the harm that went along with uh, some of the disasters, you know, Mao's great famine, people were starving to death, uh, eating tree bark in case we have to go there again would be why I would share that. But.
1: um, Right. And this is kind of akin to Mao's struggle sessions. We're doing it differently in our country, but um, you know, people who think differently were put into a corner and basically forced to submit to the, the, you know, the, the narrative that they were being told they had to agree to and that's kind of what this does. So it social scores these kids if they don't think that you know their score is high enough, they run interventions on them and the interve- and so this that uses a system called MtSS that's multi-tiered systems of support and that's a newer creation. Um, so uh you know they're using the panorama surveys to de- develop these counseling positions and, and um, using counselors to run these, this on our children. And it is, it is like the social score in China that you see. Um, and I, and I, I wonder, you know, we have the educational record that follows kids all the way to college, and is this is going to follow to their career. Is this going to follow into their, you know, are they not going to be able to get a loan? Are they not going to be able to get a job? All these different concerns based on these you know i think there's 23 different um categories that uh panorama will measure depending on what the school district wants to measure they can decide and then then that gets measured out and looked
0: at so it's so a why we, why wouldn't um superintendent truitt see the harm or potential harm in in this type of survey right so i mean Does when she- i talked to her 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 concern was with
1: Children, you know, she feels like if it's a screener, and she calls it a screener, um, that they can identify kids who are struggling. And she said that they saw really terrible cases of kids that had had a lot of neglect, abuse, mental harm help happening throughout the pandemic when they were locked out of their schools for a year and a half. That she wanted some sort of tool to reach those kids. And that was her premise on putting it out through all of North Carolina Um, I don't know if she just doesn't understand the full, you know, full range of what this does or if she doesn't think that, you know, that it was just a screener. So that meant that each district wasn't going to get the playbook and the playbook actually has the interventions that you can run on these kids. And, you know, I don't know if it um, has the interface. So also Panorama Education is uses. They spent a lot of money, a lot, a lot, a lot of money building an interface with all the other school programs. So, uh, you know, a lot of schools use PowerSchool and they have attendance Mm -hmm. records and they have a lot of different things. Um, And so uh, Panorama Education made a platform where it can host all those things on one screen so you can see all the attendance records, you can see the grade reports, you can see the athletics, you can, and you can also see their social scores on their panorama um, surveys. And then inside of those, inside of that, I I have a screenshot of it, I think, Um, inside of that, you'll see flags for scores that are too low, considered too low. Which is also interesting when I, I, I had heard that inside of our schools, We have restorative justice plans. I know at our high schools, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, they're probably at our middle schools as well. For discipline, uh, which is why in a lot of these schools, you're seeing so much out of control discipline because everything is restorative justice now. It's not, you know, we don't have any firm rules. Everything is sit down and let's have a conversation about it. Um, So I got a hold through a records request of one of our high school's restorative justice plans And on the, like the first thing it has on their restorative justice plan in the, in the introductory summary was on the panorama survey, our students don't have high enough social awareness scores and those need to be brought up by 5% as part of the restorative justice plan. So Hmm. it, again, it's building this, this moral thought process and these ideas into students without parent consent or knowledge.
0: Well, and then sometimes the parents just uh, they jump on this bandwagon. Uh, unfortunately, for the kids, uh, and they don't see it for what it is. It sounds harmless on the surface. Um, like who wouldn't be against? Like so, some of the key words I read today are, are were about integration. You know, the diversity. Who's against diversity? Who's against integration? If I'm if I'm against integration, I'm for segregation. Like right. people are not going to sign up for. Uh, that that type of language in this day and age, they're going to sign up for what sounds good. And right. um, I know when it, it hit corporate media in Wake County a few years ago, Wake County Public School System, um, there, there was a parent, I don't know what the outcome of her case or the whole ordeal was, but she was a parent who didn't want her children sitting in a group circle, talking about his or her feelings, or hearing other children's feelings that weren't able to adequately talk about them in elementary school. You know, imagine your uh, five-year-old having to share his feelings. I mean, children are very uncensored. And to take a few minutes out of the day and have a counseling session, that's, that's something that's between a patient and his or her healthcare provider. But in this day and age with all, again, I go back to all this stuff that's thrown in our faces. Like, do we even have medical privacy anymore? I mean... Now we're tracking people based on a health status in school system. So it's really just a hot mess. So you can understand why I stay away from these issues and I forget people's job titles and I mix up North Korea with South Korea. (laughs) 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 Um, But um, but so but I really wanted to just stick a pin in kind of. When when um, the groups, the restorative justice groups came up in Wake County, people are like, "I'm not against this. I'm totally for right. this." You know? Right. And I mean, the
1: first time I heard it, I lived in Chicago, and I was for it. So I'm like, "Well, yeah, that sounds like not a bad idea." Like,
0: that's right. What's wrong with this mom who's against <laughs> and they have- it? What is <laughs> yes. she? A segregationist? Yeah, she a right. white supremacist. And here's well, the thing:
1: no. is the progressive have done this systematically? They've used language as a tool um, yep. to make you comply to their thought process, because otherwise you look terrible. And this started back with Jacques Derrida in Of Grammatology that he wrote back in the 60s. And it is the progressives' toolbook to use against people. Um, Another playbook.
0: And, and that I, was who? Who did you just name?
1: Jacques Derrida. He was a French philosopher. He's one of okay. the main authors. And he he wrote a book called Of Grammatology. And it's about how to use language to deconstruct culture, basically. Jeez. Yes, and there's there's multiple French philosophers that are um, postmodernists that are in the same vein of things um, has have moved our culture into what it is today and what we see today and how we feel so uncomfortable with the language they use is purposeful and makes us feel like we should agree with them when in reality it's really it's really bad. It's you know like we don't have to agree with them and what we need to do is call out what they're doing and how they're using language, Um, you know, it's kind of like the white supremacy thing. Now, everyone's a white supremacist. If you are white, you're, you are, you are a white supremacist. There's nothing you can do to change it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's nothing you can do. And, and this is all in the equity trainings. Um, So there, there was a Panorama Education did an SEL day this year, this spring. And inside of that, it was a it was a narrative they they did, and they brought in trainers and very interesting. So I, I have
0: SEL is just social emotional, emotional learning. learning, which is what they use. So the the sounds so the strategy, yeah, it sounds great, right? I'm sold,
1: it's, but it's not. It's really it's really <laughs> bad. It's really um, it, it it um, yeah, it it has its foundations and and not a great place. Um, but they did this SEL Day. And so panorama education is basically a way to intervene on kids using social emotional learning, right? So the Sam the, the the survey is what it is. It's just a survey. And then they but the the bad part is the scoring and the scoring determining social interventions, which is basically what social emotional learning is, is social interventions. It's moral and character interventions on students who they, who they deem needy of those things. Um, So I have a, let me see if I can bring it up for you, a picture of, um, let me see if I can get it. I'm not the most technology savvy. Um, I thought I had my pictures up.
0: I can also see this as a way to get um, more paid count, you know, more employees in schools, um, you know, in the lines of guidance counselors or nurses, because if you're flagging people that were not flagged before, right? um, Like, so one of the survey questions I saw the options was the question was, "Well, why did you miss school today?" And it's like, like you said earlier, these questions and surveys seem harmless. So why right. did you miss, why did you miss online school today? Um, right. Because I didn't want to go because I didn't have internet because I right. was taking, taking care of another family member. So I bet if I selected that option, that would get me brownie points in the, in the scoring system, I, I would right. guess. And then like a final option was like, cause I just didn't want to go to online school, you know? So I don't know if that gets you a positive mark too, but um, right. It's strange. Strange questions and strange answer options. I would I would like just at a glance looking at it. But it sounds like the bulk of the problem is not the survey itself. It's finding out additional information like, hey, we're going to need more um, employees, which I, I hate that. I wish we could cut back on some government spending, but it just seems like it's never going to happen. All right. Here's your yeah, screen yeah. share. Yeah, here's the screen share.
1: This is what what they had for on Panorama Education. They had this whole thing about SEL as social justice, dismantling white supremacy. Oh,
0: this is a Google document, right? This is just a screenshot picture. Okay. There it is. Um, So from panoramaed.com, it looks like. Yes. And hashtag SEL day.
1: Right. And they had a whole... It was like a forty minute um presentation that they did about how you know you can use these surveys as a social justice tool um, to dismantle white supremacy and how social emotional learning, which is guidance, is is a way to do that. Um, so that was something that they did um, and, and there was um, I've got another picture I can share too. I think I have it here of here. I think that's it. Um my eyes are so bad anymore. It's hard to see anything, you know. Um I'm trying to pull it up for you. Um you know, I was just,
0: I was just trying to think of the last time I heard white supremacist and I think it was just in the in the written house trial how the corporate yes. media made him out to be a white supremacist for um there was erroneous information that he sh- went around shooting three people, killed three people, shot black people, shot white people. Like the media didn't know what, what the hell they were reporting on really. And, no. um, he was just a white guy, you know, a kid, 17 years old, um, right. didn't shoot black people. He shot people in self-defense who are attacking him, taking, you know, just the facts of the matter were totally different from, so I'm wondering, um, so how do you get rid of white supremacy based on that training? <laughs> yeah, no idea. Yeah, well, yeah, here you go. Here, here's a
1: screen. Here's a screenshot to kind of show you <laughs> how, to, how to do this. So SEL is a vehicle to dismantle sy- systemic oppression. So self-awareness is one of the 23 um, um, things that panorama surveys can measure. Self-management is another, and social awareness is another.
0: Um, so so, self-awareness as I affirm my intersectionality and recognize my cultural assets, right? I think we're doing that now. We're recognizing our assets (laughs) (laughs) by making this recording. Right. Uh, And I, you know,
1: what does this have to do with education?
0: What, what, Um, how is this? so that's another thing, like thinking about how the survey itself is really harmless, but it is, it, their wheels are still turning behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, it's asking a lot about families, you know, asking people about weapons in their homes. I'm not thrilled to hear that. Um, right.
1: And that's a different survey. That's a CDC survey. So but okay. this, is, this is about, this is um, students' thoughts. So really what we're, what we're delving down into is your, is children's thoughts.
0: Oh, but I was thinking about outcomes. You're you're producing future activists too. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's what this
1: is about. And and I have other screen shares that they, they actively promote how this is about activism, social justice. You're creating activists. And how do you do that though? You get into people's thought process. You decide what they're going to be and how they're going to think. And that's what this really is a vehicle to do. It's not a vehicle to dismantle anything outside of the moral character that parents have instilled in their kids
0: and to make them
1: activists.
0: I was going to see if I could see this blue wheel a little bit better. Can you zoom on
1: that? that, um, Let me see if I can zoom on it.
0: So there's a wheel that says, oh, it's a little blurry because I guess it's it's a screenshot.
1: Yeah, it is a screenshot. Um, I think this really is a CASEL thing, um, which is the big leader in social emotional. Whoops. Let me put it back up. Um, We're not. and and <laughs> castle is its own like set of problems, but castle has aligned itself with, um, with panorama education as the main uh, driver of social emotional learning. And so castle, actually, social emotional learning started. It, it got its name and its start in 1994 under a guy named John Fraser. And he has a Fraser Institute. And he was very much into the occult and very much into spirituality and um, driving different beliefs into children. Hmm. And he saw this as a way
0: to do that. And his name was what again? Fraser? John Fraser, F-R-A-Z-E-R. Okay, and yep. castle. How do you spell castle? Because it's not like a C A S. Yeah, uh, C
1: A S E L. Okay, yeah, and and they are the main leader. Um, they had the Fraser Institute behind them to really um, push their their brand of social emotional learning um, to kind of crowd out all the other social emotional learning tools and makers and and so they they have kind of come out on top and panorama has aligned with them in terms of making this all work together
0: um have you had the opportunity to read about more county schools cuz i believe i read today that um, in june of 2021 they did a school board vote where they did they no longer wanted to have the panorama ed in the the surveys in their schools and i think one board member was opposed, like they appreciated the surveys being there and whatever uh, other objects were, in you know, facets were in motion following that. Um, but they they also made remarks, the board also made remarks about we're going to do our own internal surveys instead of uh, using panorama. And I, I think that was June of 2021. I'm trying to think of the media group, but I, I can't remember. But it came right up in a um, search, but I cannot tell you what, what I actually searched, if it was panorama in NC or what. Right. I think I did.
1: I heard about it, but I I don't, I haven't looked down on it very closely. A lot of um, people from a lot of different counties inside of North Carolina have reached out to me based on my article from back in May, talking about, you know, their boards are, are bringing it into their districts and they're concerned and they're trying to figure out how to, how to deal with it, how to, how to get in front of their boards and get them to stop and not have this come into their homes.
0: Yeah. I because feel like It is an
1: intrusion into homes of parents because they are deciding what their child, how their child should think and process and, and what they should believe. It's really an attack on Christianity in a lot of ways, um, based on the original former and founder of the
0: social emotional learning. Hmm. I'm thinking, um, instead of the parents always like fighting back reactionary, I feel like getting behind, getting in front of the board and saying, Hey, don't, don't accept these things just because they're free. Um, because they, they, like, if you look on panorama education, their website, it's, it's like, yeah, we'll get your school started. Here's our toolkit. Yay. And it's all free, you know, or (laughs) whatever. Right. Yeah. And Um, it's, you know, it's really
1: good for parents Because Panorama Education decided to be an open source company. Um, You can see nearly everything that they have available. It's only the paid products like the playbook um, that they keep hidden behind. And so you don't know exactly what's going on there. So
0: did you buy Um, the playbook?
1: No, because you actually have to buy their surveying. Like you have to be an educational district. You have to buy their survey tools in order to use playbook. Um, but I look down into what playbook is, and it is those social emotional resources. And it's not just for students. So they also do this for teachers too. So teachers have to take these surveys, and teachers are social scored. And um, you know, if we have some really conservative teachers, they may not make the cut. They might be flagged. They have to be intervened on too.
0: yeah. and on on some of the surveys, I did see that they were asking for names. So, yeah, it was, it's all named. It's all it's all try- I don't like that at all. I could see, hey, anonymous, you could really just put whatever the heck you want or leave it blank, but right filling it in, <clears throat> filling your name in, filling your skin color in, um, filling in. Yes, and they like are
1: they're also breaking down the right. That is partial to these surveys. They break it down by all those demographic keys. Um, and then in some of their literature, they talk about targeting specific groups. So maybe they want to target all the African-American students with a certain social emotional learning intervention. They can do that. They have that
0: ability to do it. It's
1: really, it's, it's really creepy.
0: Well, so, yeah. um, what should listeners do? Cause I think people will Today is a Saturday. So I think people are out and about, but they will hear, um, this topic and probably have some questions like, Hmm, what do they, what do they want me to do? Should I, I mean, it's already in the school system going forward. What do you think folks should do? Maybe do some digging themselves. Like um, for example, like with Wake County schools, I haven't asked them about panorama ed, but I've asked for other uh, records requests and it's just like a slow moving snail or sloth, even whatever slower. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah, I,
1: I would, you know, I do records requests as well. And, um, when I did a records request on a specific on school board, school board evaluations that they were required to be doing of themselves, um, all my requests stopped after I got that one because they hadn't been doing them in the school board chair. Um, then I found out through the lawyer had had a meeting trying to figure out what to do with my request because they hadn't been following the policy. So then, by the time I actually got back my request, what they had done is taken the policy and done away with it. They got rid of the policy because they got caught not following it. So, you know, the records request for your average person who is just trying to get through the day and want just wants their child educated is, like you said, probably not going to be beneficial. What you can do, though, is number one, find out if your schools are doing that. And all you have to do is ask your principal. Say, hey, are we using panorama education in our schools? And your principal will be, will be forthright with you. They'll let you know. And then you can say, you know what? I'm opting my child out of these surveys. And um, don't allow them to fill them out because you'll get notice. They typically give notice through the schools that they're going to be doing a, the survey, a survey. They may not tell, say it's panorama. <clears throat> so you opt your child out. And then You know, some districts are using more advanced tools like these daily check-ins. So they'll be doing, you know, they'll have a survey every morning or, you know, once a week. And so, you know, also go to your principal and your teacher and say, I don't want my child checked in on. I don't want any of the Panorama tools used on them. Um, And I don't know what that does to their... You know what it looks like because they have these, I could probably screen share it to you, but what the interface would look like for your child, it might just be blank, um, that they don't have any scores written down for the different things they're trying to measure. Um, So just being a participant in your child's learning and being interactive with the principal and the teacher and letting them know how you feel about these things. And if you want to go a step further, of course, you can go to your board meetings. You can write emails to your board. You can say, I'm really concerned about this. I think you're overstepping in multiple ways. And um, you know, i really, I don't want my education tax dollars spent on this for our kids in our district. So it's those are the things, but we always do it politely and and calmly. Um, it does no good to get irrational and you know crazy. It, it
0: just right. Just and work. the and the thing where everybody says uh, we're going to vote you out. Your seats are up for election. Yes, that's true. That's obvious. Their seats are always going to be up for election. But if you don't have any candidates who are informed on these topics, like you saw me struggle over just, you know, job titles for the superintendent of public instruction. I mean, to keep up with K through 12 education, it's a giant abyss, you know? Um, It is.
1: And I think, well, I think, yeah, the the people sitting on the school board need to know that, you know, because there's nothing a politician fears more than the next election. So letting them know, I mean, you don't have to be mean about it, but you're going to say, hey, you know, if you don't get on board with this, we're going to find candidates who are. Right,
0: and I have um, my, my records requests have come a long way since my first one, and um, I don't think they like seeing my name in Wake County no. schools because they they said recently, you know, um, something to the effect. Gosh, I wish I, I could put it up on the screen uh, if I was <laughs> and had it loaded because it was like, you know, um, people normally just send one records request once in their lifetime. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm, I'm sending batches every, every time I think about it. I'm sending, right. you know, five to 10 because I'm phrasing questions differently. I want different information. I don't right. want anything to slow up the process. So I might say, you know, um, people have said, hey, uh, give me all the records requests that have Angela Humphreys on them. Um, but I may have said, okay, well, give me all the records that that person's name on. Give me every school board. Oh I want two weeks of all the school board emails and they say they just said recently, for example, oh, Angela, uh, that turned out 8000 results. So that's 8000 documents that we're going to have to read through, um, redact private information related to students. And then once we're done with that, we're going to have to charge you an additional charge. And they always come back with a charge when it's a large batch like that and say, that's cool. Just let me know how much the charge is going to be. And they never seem to follow up with how much that charge is going to be. Because really worst case scenario, if it's a huge file, like um, I've asked for a file with the board of elections, for example, the local Wake County board of elections, it was Mm -hmm. like terabytes, super, super large. They were like, just bring me a flash drive and we'll give you this video that you're looking for, because it is so large. Like I asked for 20, 24 hours of video surveillance, for example, is what I asked for there. So I'm not a subject expert in all these little things, but it takes digging. Um, And a friend of mine who was actually a constitutional attorney said, one thing that we're not doing well is asking for public records requests. And a lot of times you might be waiting weeks and weeks and it's frustrating and you you know, you yeah. probably have little returns. Months,
1: there's months that I, I mean, it'll go eight months, and I won't get a record back.
0: But every now and then, you'll get something that yeah. leads you to another thing. You're like a little detective, right, trying to figure things out.
1: Right. But- and I try to be. And I think we have to be respectful to the school districts too. I mean, their main job is trying to educate children, and so I don't want them to become record purveyors. But that's not their job either. Uh, you know, I'm asking for, and I try to be very specific inside my record requests. So they're not a, coming back with 10,000 documents. You know, I want them to come back with 20 really good documents. Sure. Um, so I try and really uh, make those requests as manageable for them, but will answer my question as well. Mm. And,
0: um, you know. I'm thinking about my 8,000 in a two-week <laughs> period. First of all, I don't think it's likely that Nine school board members got 8,000 emails in a two-week period. Oh, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Parents are pretty (laughs) upset. Maybe, maybe. But then I don't think it's likely for the same exact number to be spread across three records requests for a two-week period for nine school board members. I was like, there's no way in hell that it was exactly 8,000 for these nine people three weeks in a row. What are the odds?
1: <clears throat> and i think they just do a basic ch- search at first you know they'll put in their name or whatever and and try and limit down the search and they probably just hit on 8000 but it probably you're probably right it probably wasn't 8000
0: yeah um, i mean there's some districts that are just sluggish so that's why other parents grandparents anybody can just i mean you don't even have to be using the school system you're a taxpayer in yes. in whatever whatever county you're a part of right. you can ask for records here in um, i'm here in craven now and craven said we have uh, surveys coming out in the next quarter. Uh, so two two surveys will be coming out from Panorama. So what does opting out look like for you? Would you, instead of calling, would you suggest putting something in writing and saying, hey, I don't want anything to do with this? I would not say why. I would just say, hey, we would like to opt out. Here is my student's ma- name. Uh, what What? who their teacher is. Would you do something to that effect?
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So you can have that. I would have both, I would have both a phone conversation with the principal and the teacher and then just a follow-up email or something to write. If you want to write something paper and send it into the office as well. So you can have some sort of written record. It's always a good idea to have a written record besides just a conversation. So you can go back to them if you find out that they are going outside of what you want for your child. And have that record to present to whomever you need to present it to.
0: Um,
1: And and I think that's a really good point that you made that, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a child inside the schools right now, you know. um, But if you're a taxpayer, you're funding these schools and what they're doing to inside the schools to to devalue parents' um, ability to raise their children is really scary and it should scare everyone we should all be taking it very seriously because they're graduating out thousands and thousands of students. And, um, you know, if it's going to be the government schools that direct their moral character and direct how they perceive the world, that's, that's a little um, shocking because that's the parents' job.
0: What do you think, uh, what do you think society would look like? Like with this ranking that they're using, if it was in, in effect today, and your kids or you, for example, were already ranked, yeah. what would what would your life look like? Uh,
1: boy, it's a hard question, you know, and it's one, it, it looks very Marxist to me. And to be honest with you, and I'm not a big like bomb thrower, but it sounds like communist China. It sounds like social scoring and who's allowed to have what and have what job and have all based on how you think, act, do, what you look at
0: on social media. Um, you know, about, I would you have to shop at certain stores too? Yeah. like it, uh, Would there be limitations in the stores as yeah. well? I don't know, like what it fully encompasses. So I didn't know if you had pictured it, I guess, for yourself. Or your I have family. not pictured that. I, that is not a future I want for myself. This Maybe is relatively new. Yes.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting <laughs> because these surveys are new at um, Mr. Fewer started this company, I think, in 2012. 2013. Uh, and interestingly enough, he, he got a Harvard researcher to verify the surveys to give them credibility so he could actually sell them. And so they got different states to participate in their initial phase of trying to get these um, surveys to meet some sort of standard. And North Carolina in 2013 and 2014 was one of the participating states that initially verified and, and, and went along with the research to get these this, uh, panorama surveys, um, capable of being sold, which is really, it's a shame. And that was the, um, state board of education that went along with that and passed that through. So our North, Carolina, and, and I think, you know, this as well, that the North Carolina state board of education is a real problem. So Catherine Truitt only has so much power, like you said, and the North Carolina state board, um, develops the standards and, and and can pass through stuff like this. That Yeah, and
0: I guess I probably didn't articulate very well, but like her, um, she mainly is, I think, the kind of an administrative role running the DPI, the Department of Public Instruction, but then she also has a seat, a voting, yes. I believe she has a voting position yes. as the superintendent of schools, public schools, uh, on the uh, State Board of Education, which a lot of those seats are filled um, by the governor. Some are appointed by the governor. And so if he's been in for the last eight years, you can imagine how many left-leaning seats there would be. And so if everybody's left-leaning... And those those terms are
1: eight years long. Each seat stays in place for eight years.
0: Uh, And then people give up. Over time, people do leave those seats too. And then he'll just appoint somebody else. So Mm -hmm. if you can... Imagine the 10 plus million North Carolinians, they're not all left leaning. I'm not saying the whole state board of education is all left leaning, but it's majority left, I believe. Uh, it is. And then there's other boards. And even, are-
1: the, even the right leaning ones I question highly. When I look at some of the decision making process and what they voted affirmatively for, like, what? How are you? This makes no sense to me. <laughs> like um, I mean, and I'm not like some sort of, you know, I'm not, I'm not a f- like a super far right person. I, I just have conservative values. I feel like, I feel like the left has moved so far left that it makes the people on the right, you know, I mean, it just, it gives a, a skewed perspective on where people stand.
0: Yeah, I would just say the left is for more government, the right is for more government these days. It's hard to distinguish between, yes. um, well, not the right and the left, I guess the Republicans and Democrats, I would yeah. uh, change right and left to that, those two terms. They're very similar groups of yeah. people, in other words. yeah. And I wouldn't, I, I also, like, I see a lot of times when controversial issues come up, like, oh my gosh, why is Catherine Truitt spending our money on this stuff, you know, I would not necessarily jump on the bandwagon and say, oh, we should have never elected her. We got to find somebody else. She's um, compared to what ran against her. I think she was the better candidate. Yeah, Um, it was Jen
1: Mangrum that was running against her. Right. And she was, I would call her Because I I have that same logic thought as you and have said that all along. Um, But sometimes I wonder if a progressive Republican can do more damage than a liberal Democrat, because a liberal Democrat's gonna be very forward and out with exactly what they're trying to do. And at least it, it gives you know exactly what's coming and you have at least some tools to fight it. But when you have a progressive Republican in there that is is subtly putting in the same changes and uses language and different things to cover their steps, it's almost worse. So I, I, you know, and like I said, I will support Catherine Truitt where I'm absolutely able to support her, but where I'm not. Keep questioning. I'm um, gonna, yeah, that Polaris plan has big, big problems.
0: Big problems. It's really, a, it's a, a yeah. <laughs> and, and I would also say like she, uh, these these politicians, they're, you people can access them. So I've been reminding the public for years these people are not hidden behind closed doors. I mean, they may be a little bit more with the pandemic nonsense where you cannot access them regularly, Um, but still they have these email accounts. You can call their phone lines. I mean, you you met with her. I as well met with her prior to her election. And while some of the things she said were not music to my ears, because like I said, I am not for constantly spending more money in government schools every single year. We're spending more and more and more, but Good. yet we're still. And less and wearing- less
1: just- seems to get to the kids. You know, I, with my own students in public school, like, why am I getting required? The teacher doesn't have enough copy paper in her chemistry class. So she's setting it so we have four pages of context for chemistry printed on one eight by 11 sheet of paper because she doesn't have enough copies like how can we be spending billions literally billions of dollars in education and my chemistry teacher doesn't have enough copies so i feel like i'm with you on that like we're spending more money but it's really not funneling down to the kids somehow and the teachers somehow
0: yeah, it's going to go to it's going to go to hiring more more employees. Um, programs, it never makes it to programs, the programs
1: programs programs like Panorama Education. So we we're spending in <laughs> Johnson County half a million dollars for 2 years of this programming.
0: Like and I would also go back to uh superintendent Truitt about um oh access I was mentioning you can access these politicians and question them and it's okay if you can't agree with them on a hundred. You and I are not going to agree on a hundred percent of our uh, beliefs. It's just not going to happen. Right. We, we could both be Christians and still go to different churches. I mean, we could both be moms and shop at different grocery stores and send our kids to different schools and still get along, you know? Um, so with accessing these politicians, any politician all the way down to your local board of elections, which I bet they never get any records requests. But anyway, um, I was going to say, just ask them questions, you know, hold them accountable. I wouldn't just, you know, throw everything at them and say, okay, we're getting rid of you. We're going to replace you because, you know, be careful what you wish for. And yes. no, yes, people- we can't just
1: blanket And there is a group going out right now trying to blanket North Carolina and say every single Republican needs to be replaced. And, right. that's, and you hear that's rhino, crazy. rhino,
0: rhino, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, what is that? So if this person is a rhino, which I'm not saying she is or is not, but if we're just going to go around and attack rhinos, um, what are you left with? You'd be left with Jen Mangrum, which was a far leftist, supporting the teachers' union, more government right. spending, yeah. um, more government jobs. <laughs> uh, the one final thing I was going to say about Truett is uh, these people can be convinced too. Uh, So she had different viewpoints when I first talked to her about school choice, for example, which I normally spend all my time in that topic. Um, And so her views uh, slid a little bit. And we did a follow-up interview. And she talked about those things as well. So just because you don't see eye to eye with a politician today or on a topic today or whatever, whoever it is you need to convince, you know, that might change in six to eight weeks, you know, if you stay with it.
1: Yes. Right. And that, and that is my goal is to have conversations with, um, Mrs. Truett that are, you know, have conversations with her ongoing email conversations. Um, maybe she'll talk to me again. Maybe she won't in person, um, that are constructive and we are not going to agree on everything. And, but, her actual, her actual vision for North Carolina schools right now is um, competency-based education or inquiry learning, um, which is really a progressive idea out of the 60s. And we've tried it in the 70s as mastery learning. We tried it in the 90s as outcome-based education. Um, Maine tried it in 2012. They legislated it. And by 2016, they had to unravel it and take it out of their legislative body because it was such an absolute disaster. It does not work. On scale for children, Um, and it's you know the 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 teacher is a guide. The teacher no longer has content mastery that they're giving to the kids. Um, It's just a failed model of education. And here's the thing: if it wasn't a failed model, I'd be all in support of her moving North Carolina schools towards that. But it's unfortunate that that, that's not exactly what it is. And um, you know, I'd still love to have recent conversation with her to. Um, compel her thoughts on that, and and um, you know I, I am all for that kind of stuff as a, a one off, like have a middle school that is based in that, or have a high school that is formulated in that. But to move every single public school in North Carolina into that model, um, when we know it fails students, and it's based on equity, right? So they're doing it because they want to somehow close an achievement gap, or And I think we need to quit. I have the idea that that there isn't going to be gaps between students is really um, a logic fail, too, because we're different. And the fact is, I'm not going to be a star basketball player and there's going to be star basketball players. And I understand there's an achievement gap there (laughs) between me and them and in violin and in art and in English in all these different subject matters so and of course we have to have certain fundamentals in numeracy and literacy that are met for every student but the idea that there's never going to be a gap between knowledge base or you know um, proficiency in different external items it, it kind of confuses me
0: mm-hmm. yeah I don't know how they can um, how much more they're going to milk that one for <laughs> A lot.
1: (laughs) The stuff I read daily, I just think, you know, I don't read like novels or really watch TVs. I just read white papers and, and read studies and all this stuff. And it just, it makes me cringe. Like when I first started down this um, journey, I guess we'll call it back in 2019 really is when I got started. I, there would be nights that I would, you know, go to bed at like two or three in the morning, just in tears, because I saw how deep this had already gotten into our structure, and how we are going to get this out. I'm, I'm not sure, and I think it's just going to take parents, involve parents, um, opting their kids out, and saying enough. and School choice is huge. Like we have to have school choice as an available option. You know, if public schools have a monopoly over everything and parents don't have an option to move out. Then it won't change because there's no reason for them to change.
0: So right. all these if, uh, yeah. If the money followed the students, they'd have to change yes. the government schools would have to change if people's tax dollars followed them when yes. they rejected that government school. And I'm not yeah. against government. I'm not against government schools. I mean, we might opt into one here if we can't find uh, a valid option, um, you know, where we might have to drive 45 minutes away or opt in for right. a bus, pay, pay a little bit more for a bus. But that is one thing private schools around here are doing to compete um, with each other is providing a bus service and for maybe fifteen hundred dollars extra a year. You know, you can go to whatever school you want, even if it is an hour away. You know, yes. it might be that premium education, and it still might come out less in in tax dollars than the government school. Right. You know what what that's costing us. So right, and then sorry, it just wants parents autonomy, right? So, like you said, government
1: seems to take over every aspect of our life, and um, when the government taking over my life. <laughs> Well, you know, you have to pay taxes, you've got, you know, you've got regulation. Um, Mm -hmm. And when the government compelled parents back in 1848 under Horace Mann that you are now required under law to send your child to a public institution of learning, um, we lost a lot of autonomy. And so now we need to decide what those institutions are going to look like and what our tax dollars are going to do for us and how um, to manage all these different aspects of education. It's not an easy thing. It, it really is not. And as parents, I, I am a parent and you know, I, this is probably the last thing I ever saw myself doing at this point in my life. I thought, you know, I'm just about to the point where I'm getting my last child into school. It's going to be kindergarten next year. And I, this is going to be great. I get to go back into the workforce. I get to help my husband with, um, a company and, um, Things changed and shifted very quickly when I saw what was happening inside our education systems, that we need reasonable people inside there making maybe a little better decisions or different decisions, um, decisions geared more towards parental rights and less towards government rights. Um, And I am running for the school board here in Johnson County. I did announce that that, um, like a week and a half ago. and it was not an easy decision to make to decide to run again. I, I ran just in the primaries last time. There were 16 people running, and no one knew who I was because we had just moved here recently. But um, how do you uh,
0: seek to replace?
1: There are we- three. There are three current board members, so we have. Okay, so they're at large seats. They are, yes.
0: Oh, so no districts at all in Johnston County. No, no, no. And only three representatives total.
1: We have seven total members, and there oh, are three right. seats up this. Yes, there's three seats up okay. this election cycle.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: Yeah. So you know, well, I'm. I'll be working at that, and I'm really just going to need the support of parents and concerned citizens inside our county who want something better. We were in the top third of, in the state in terms of scoring less than ten years ago, and our our district was one of the first that were kind of got into this competency-based education plan under JOCO 2020, and inside of 10 years, we are now at the bottom third of the state in terms mm-hmm. of um, scores. Uh, so I've seen in my own district how it doesn't work, and that's what Catherine Truett has planned for our state, which makes it even more concerning for me. Um, but I think there's a lot of great things that we can do. I mean, I think I mean, technology has its downfalls, but it has also opened up so many doors. And I see good things happening inside our schools, too. Like it just amazing things through 4 H programs, amazing things through um, STEM programs. There's just a lot of good things happening that I also want to be a part of and help grow the things that are good. So, when is your election? Well, <laughs> it used to be, you know, we could count on it kind of being the primaries starting in March, but with the redistricting maps, I'm hearing that might be getting pushed to May, but they haven't made that formal decision yet. I think
0: the signups to run. Um, oh my run God, they haven't made decision. It's going to be a hot mess. Like So people aren't even going to know when to vote.
1: Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do specifically. Have you heard anything? Have you heard what they're doing?
0: I had to look it up for Way County the other day, and I thought it was um, tedious to dig through. And I would just really encourage people go to their, whatever county it is, Board of Elections website and start clicking around and get familiar with those sites. And if you don't find it there, go to the State Board of Elections site and click around there and look for future election sites to be aware of, dates to be aware of, sorry. So sign us um, I mean,
1: begin to run for office to get your name in and pay your fee to run
0: for office start December 6th. Yeah, That's I missed I missed that. I didn't even hear it like I didn't hear a peep. Um so yeah, I have um board council council board members who have already filed in the city I'm in. However, the school board is coming up. So I actually saw a pretty cool ad in a local paper that said, looking for school board candidates, call this number or this uh-huh. number. And, and it was like, this ad, for example, was um, only looking for Christian conservative and some other C word. And I was like, who are these people? I'm going to call and see what they're all mm-hmm. about. And they were just, um, I didn't get in. I didn't, I got a call back, but I didn't get to have the exchange. I wanted. I wanted to know what, made them put an ad yeah, out. Like that. Did, yeah. yeah. What change did they want right. to see? So, you know, I
1: think it's a little weird because I've seen this in other groups too, where they're just promoting only Christian candidates can apply basically type of, thing. and I kind of fundamentally have an issue with that. I mean, if you have a belief in God, that's what the constitution says. So you don't necessarily need to be a Christian to do that. And, you know, we have Jewish candidates. We have other candidates that can do that. You know, my faith is my faith and I believe in Jesus hundred percent holy. And I think that's the way to have them. But um, we're talking about political office here. <laughs> yeah, that kind of standard, I think might be um, different, different yeah,
0: than, than maybe not every day. It wasn't about like, Oh, okay. I love this ad. It was just like, who are these yeah. people? Yes. Uh, what, what happened to their current board that made them want to seek out like candidates like this? Like, what do they see currently? Cause I just moved into this area. So I'm just yes. like, what do we have heathens on the school board? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And the thing
1: is when I always find that interesting too, because most of these parents, you know, people sitting on the boards or that are promoting some of this social agenda, a lot of times that's the first thing out of their mouth is that they're Christian. And I'm always like, you know, I'm, I'm watching people's actions to decide whether or not I see the fruits of Christianity there because the mouth speaks a lot of falsehoods. Yeah. For um, all, all you
0: really need is are parents. You don't need credentials. There is training available. Um, but when you're making the leap like you are, you do need some certain things which you can find on the board of election site, like a treasurer. So you have already filed for candidacy, I guess. December it's 6th coming up. It's coming. December 6th you. is okay. the yeah,
1: December 6th is the filing date to start. And it usually goes for a couple weeks if that's open that you can file to be on the ballot. So I wonder Again, if and then there's, a, then there's a list of requirements, depending on what you're going to do. I mean, if you spend under a thousand dollars, you don't have to have as much. There's not as much m- reporting and things like that.
0: And you can win with no money. You mm, need people to hard. know your name, though. <laughs> yes. People and so it's and hard to show up to vote. To vote. <laughs> yes. Wait, not just know Michelle's name, but show up to vote on election. Day. Yes. Also <laughs>
1: important. Yes.
0: Very right. cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that surprise with me. I didn't know that. Now oh. <laughs> we'll have to share the podcast wider and further. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> right, right,
1: right. Because we, we, need, we need new leadership. And a lot of these different school boards need some new leadership. And it doesn't mean that the people that are sitting on the board right now are bad people. Um, but we just need a different perspective and a different vision for our schools. And so
0: that's why I'm running. Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. for doing that. Just running alone itself will be a new stressor for you, a new level yeah. of stress. Great. Just adding bet, bomb, right. Just add it to the job, right? <laughs> but hopefully you'll make lots of uh allies along the way too. Yeah, so, and
1: I do so have fun. a lot of, I've built some good friendships and some really great people have already supported me in this um, process. So like I said, I'm I'm part of the Citizens for Accountable Government here in Johnston County. And um, there's another JCPs, which is Johnston County Public Schools Freedom Group, and Kevin Donovan is running that, and he is also running for the school board. And another okay. great guy who's running is a guy named Terry Tippett is running for our Johnston County School Board, and he is um, he is a former educator, and he has firsthand seen the problems that have happened inside our schools. So he is a, a really great candidate as well. So
0: um, lots okay. of
1: good things happening
0: here in Johnston County, and I hope over in Craven County for you guys as well. Good. Yeah.
1: happening.
0: We shall see. I saw some of the politicians yesterday at the tree lighting ceremony. So yeah. that was, that was cute. The mayor, um, our mayor is mayor outlaw. Oh, is that his last name? That's his real name. Oh, wow. Well, people <laughs> so were, yeah, that. that name is easy to remember, but nice. I I've only listened to a couple of board meetings. So I have to catch up and, and learn because, uh, If I don't go back a couple of recordings, I mean, I'm just going to be in the dark. And normally I'm not going to ask a politician a question until I know a little bit about them and some of the issues that they spoke on. And I'm probably speaking to the choir, but I was just mainly sharing that with listeners. uh, So I kind of like to be a little bit studied up because you can see how easily I get rusty. (laughs)
1: Everything changes so quickly.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, but if people are nervous about, like, contacting who their politician is, I mean, Mayor Outlaw is not uh, my district anyway, I don't think. My district person, for example, I did listen to a couple of city council meetings, and my person didn't write back yet. So you need to hold them accountable. I will remember her. But I think she actually got up for the lighting service Mm -hmm. yesterday, and she forgot to say her name. So that's... You want to rem- You want people to remember your name if you want to get reelected or elected. So, yeah. but with that said, Michelle, let's go ahead and wrap up. I kept you for over an hour, but we shared a ton of you ton know. of information. I messed yeah. up my geography in, in North <laughs> and South Korea. I think for a moment. Hopefully, we didn't get any statistics wrong. And um, hopefully, you'll come back and share a little bit about your campaign. Maybe that might yeah, be helpful. that'd be great. Yeah, if you have time to do something like that in the future, that might be really useful. Um, And for the folks listening, uh, one of the greatest compliments you can give us uh, is to like and share and interact with this video wherever you may see it. So if there's a heart you can like on the Substack where it's going to be shared later, or if there's a share button on one of the social media pages, or if you can text it to a relative, uh, especially if you live in Johnston County, you can... Um, share just the share the minutes, you know, the last minutes of this recording, and say, "Hey, Michelle, Antoine is running for school board uh, in Johnston County." And you know, those are just ways you can promote pe- people in your community. So, with that said, any final thoughts on things that you shared with us today? <laughs> <laughs> now that there's, there's a bug in your throat, yeah, not literally. Yeah,
1: no. had <laughs> a rash of colds and flus coming through our house. Over the last month and a half. So just finally. And we shared
0: all the documents. And oh, no, there was one thing before you go. I wanted you to share what your Facebook group was called. So people can visit the research that you've done.
1: Michelle Antoine, Joko advocate for um, teachers, schools, and and students. Okay. And there's a lot of, there's a a lot, I like had been doing daily or daily posting on there. Okay. So things local and statewide happening. Okay. And lots of. Um, I need.
0: I myself need to go there more more often. But like I said, the stuff you do is not normally the things I do. But it right. is interesting. You spare and me it, some it work. Is, it is hard. Yeah,
1: and it's hard. A lot of people get just kind of. I've been trying to whittle down my posts because I get a little lengthy in terms of trying to explain things because everything is so. I mean, and it's almost done purposefully. It seems like that the um, education system, everything is so comp- overcomplicated. Um, so I'm trying to get it m- more into bite-sized information and not so much to read for people when they actually come to the thing to
0: understand what I'm trying to show them. Very cool. Well, maybe I'll see. Over. Maybe I'll see you over there on Substack because then you could keep it lengthy. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know I need to start something like that. You gave me your link to your thing and I just haven't been able to technology wise figure it out. I need, I need a better tech person. My 18 year old has not been helping me. I try to get my 14 year old on board. He might be able to help me.
0: Yeah. You should, I should tell you reasons why anybody should come to Substack. sub because it's a, a, it's a platform that supports free speech. Unlike fake book um, likes to ban free speech and, treat it like a private business or whatever antics they're doing. So, right. um, and you can also monetize and maybe hire somebody to help you do research. So take some right. of the burden, maybe take some of the burden right. off of you. So I recently got my first paid subscriber, which was really I exciting. Love that. that is so exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I've just been volunteering my life away for years and years. <laughs> Not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with that, but someone no. found some value and subscribed and that was awesome. And then you can, I, I left the option up. You could be a free subscriber too. So you can, you can, the freedom to ju- choose is something really cool, you know? <laughs> right.
1: Right. And that's good because, you know, we, you know, supporting people's work by using your money is important too, right? Because yes. we all don't. One person gave the me time. the pat on the back. That's right. It is like a pat pattern. And, it, and it's like a, yeah, I approve of what you're doing. Here's a little bit of something to go and keep doing what you're doing because I can't do that. We all can't do everything. So yeah. supporting people in initiatives that we think are important is, is a good thing.
0: Yes. Yeah. So on that note, thank you for all the thank hard work you. you have done. Let's go visit her page today. Remind us again of the page name. Michelle oh. Antoine, um, Joe co-advocate for schools, students, and teachers. Okay, and no website that we can go to, too, right?
1: I won't have my website back up. We're going to be getting that going okay. very soon, since I um, just, like I said, announced that I'm going to go and head and run for our school board again. So we'll be having, we'll be getting that back up soon, and, and I'll make announcements of that.
0: All right, well, very yeah. cool, Michelle Antoine. Thanks for coming on, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Yep, yeah. thanks, Angela.